I recently switched out my winter wardrobe with my summer clothes. Do you do this too? Each time I have the opportunity to take stock of what I have, what I use, what I need to donate, and what gaps I'd like to fill. One of the funnest ways I've loved to fill those gaps is through Armoire, a clothing rental membership that can help you build the perfect summer wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your online closet. The styles show up to your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles that help fill those wardrobe gaps without the major investment or commitment. For my first case from Armoire, I chose mostly summer dresses from Bowdoin, a brand I can't typically afford, and the chicest double-breasted black blazer from Paige that has honestly surprised me in its versatility. I have loved having more options in my summer wardrobe without the pressure of keeping them forever, and I've already been building out my online closet with Armoire, so I know what I want for my next case. For you expecting mamas, those working or style obsessed who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hi, this is Monica Packer, and you're listening to About Progress, where we are about progress made practical. Who here listening was around years ago when I hosted the Get Up Early Challenge on Instagram. It was one of the few times I went viral, and with my invitation post alone, hundreds and hundreds of new followers raised their hands to join me in a month of getting up early and seizing the day and doing all the things before anyone else is up in the household. And it was awesome. I felt so happy each day of the 30-day challenge thanks to my early morning meditation and study sessions coupled with working out before my kids were up. I didn't just start my day off right. It made the whole day go right too. It honestly felt miraculous until it didn't. I mean, I did the challenge well enough and it seemed like so many did too. But that new habit of getting up so early and doing all those things it didn't stick. Why? Because we were all exhausted. Most of us had gone from nothing to all. And as you all know well by now with me, all comes at a cost. This was early on in me trying to learn all about habit formation. And while this first foray into shifting my morning habits was less than successful in the sustainable point of view, and honestly, my sincere apologies to all of those I falsely led astray. Becoming a morning person has remained a very important focus for this reformed night owl for years. Why? Well, there's so many reasons. But the most important reason for me is that when I can wake up even a little bit before my family and invest even a little bit in myself, I can show up so much more easily as the person I want to be for those same people. 
Now, during the original, I can now call it failed challenge, I had so many people recommend a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. I read it a while after the challenge, and I found it was not just motivating, it was also very informational on how I could prioritize working towards a miracle morning for myself. The key for me, though, was to do so in ways that were more practical. We are very lucky to have the author of this international bestseller book on the show today, the very Hal Elrod. It's all in honor of his most recent edition of The Miracle Morning, and it was recently released. I felt so lucky to chat up one of the most inspiring people I've ever learned from. Hal's accidental lifelong passion to help others with their own morning started as a failed success coach, but it began even earlier with a near-fatal car crash as a young adult and has extended to most recently with a fight against cancer. Both times, the odds were completely stacked against Hal surviving. Now, I wouldn't describe Hal as a survivor. I would describe him as a thriver. And that word, thriving, thrive, thriver, it can be used in ways that venture on overuse. I think once you'll take a minute to learn from Hal, you'll see thriving personified. In this interview, we'll talk about the importance of having a morning routine that's less about productivity and more about producing you as a person and a full person, and how, more importantly, you can do this in doable ways where you design and build up your own miracle morning. That's all coming up right after the break. What's a habit you want to work on this year? I already know mine is personal journaling. And if you've ever started your previous New Year's with the best of plans for habits you want to work on, but by February or March, they've already decidedly slipped into the good intentions territory. I want you to take me up on something that we are doing as a community in February, and it's called the Sticky Habit Intensive. In this intensive, you'll take one of the habits you want to work on and build it in a three-week immersive experience alongside hundreds of women from the About Progress community. In those three weeks, each week you'll get one live lesson from me on habit formation outside of perfectionism and one live group coaching call with me. So you don't just learn, you have the support to actually change. Throughout the intensive, you'll also have exclusive access to a private online community for more accountability and motivation. As a bonus, after the intensive ends, you'll get permanent access to the Sticky Habit Method course, my habit formation course designed for real women leading real lives. If you have little time, low support, and limited energy, the Sticky Habit Intensive is designed for you so you can leave our three weeks together with not only a habit that sticks, but also with confidence to form a lifetime of supportive habits to follow. Join us in forming a habit that sticks and sign up for the intensive at aboutprogress.com slash intensive. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash intensive. If you already purchased the Sticky Habit Method in the past, then I have good news for you. Past students will be able to participate in February's intensive for free for this time only. Check your email for coming details on how to reserve your spot. Hal, welcome to About Progress. It is such a pleasure to be with you today, and thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I'm going to try not to fangirl the whole time. I'm just (laughs) trying to calm myself down. How's a real person? How my pal? Yeah, and my wife and my daughter will tell you I'm not just a real person. I'm a dork. Like whenever my wife's 
or my daughter out and they, like somebody meets me and like oh, hello it's there my my daughter just rolls her eyes she's like if you only knew he is not as cool <laughs> as you think he is yeah anyway so yeah well that's that makes me so happy so many women will think like miracle morning and think well that's not possible for me i've got kids or i've got a job i've got to be at early i've got all these obstacles in the way and we want to make this both attainable for them and and doable but also still that miracle piece of it but let's go mm. back a little bit Okay. And tell us how you discovered the miracle of having your own solid morning routine. Yeah, it was unexpected and it was organic, you could say. I, I didn't plan on writing a book, none of that. And it was back in 2008. Um, I was a coach. I had built a, a, a relatively successful um, like personal coaching. I would do in life coaching, a lot of business and sales coaching. And um, in 2007, 2008, when the economy started to crash, our last you know great recession, uh, I, I was kind of just delusional. Like I, I'm such an optimist. I always say there's a fine line between optimism and delusion and I, I cross it often. Um, but you know, my friends and colleagues are like, Oh, are you worried about the recession that's coming? And I was, you know, I don't, I, I don't worry about the recession. I don't watch the news. I don't pay attention. I don't worry myself with that. I create my own economy and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, there's some truth to that, but there's also a, uh, you know, a, a fallacy. And um, yeah. Because I wasn't paying attention and all of a sudden I lost over, I mean, it was really in a matter of months, I lost over half of my coaching clients because they were affected by the economy mm -hmm. and therefore I lost over half of my income and I could not pay the mortgage and I couldn't pay my bills and I started living on credit cards and I got depressed and I canceled the gym membership and it was really mentally, emotionally, uh, especially financially, which was the catalyst for the mental and emotional decline, but I was really at one of the major rock bottoms in my life and a friend of mine, I finally confessed how how low I had gotten and I'd kind of kept it a secret because I was a success coach. So I mm. felt like just a fraud and like, you know, like, how am I going to get coaching clients when I can't even succeed myself, you know? And um, this friend, I, I finally confessed how bad it had gotten. And I said, man, I need help. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm we're about to move back in with my dad. Thankfully, he's going to give us a place to live. But my house is being foreclosed on. I'm I'm drowning in debt. And he said, you should listen to this Jim Rohn audio. And I go, that's it? You're going to just send me to <laughs> listen to an audio? And uh, he said, I'm telling you, listen to this, apply this, call me back. And so I, Jim Rohn said this quote that really became the catalyst for the miracle morning. Jim Rohn said, your level of success, and this is in every area of life. So your health, your as a parent, right? Your level of success in every area will seldom exceed your level of personal development. And in that moment, I quantified it. I went, okay, wait a minute. On a scale of one to 10, I want level 10 success in every area of my life. I think that's human nature. I, and then I asked myself, what's my level of personal development? Like on a day-to-day -day basis, how focused and dedicated am I to my personal development? And at that time in my life, it, the answer was like, I'm a two, like maybe a three or a four on a good day. Hmm. And I realized that I believe that's the disconnect for the majority of society is that every human being, there's this innate drive and desire to experience level 10 success and fulfillment in every area of life. Yet most people are struggling in one, if not multiple areas of life. And I believe the disconnect is that very few people have a daily disciplined, proven personal development ritual that is very strategic and intentional for them to become the level 10 version of themselves that's, that enables us to create the level 10 life that we want. And so I ran home and I go, okay, I was on a run at this time. And I said, I've got to go de research. What do the world's most successful people do across all walks of life 
for their personal development rituals. I want to study what the world's most successful people do. And then I want to figure out the most effective personal development ritual. And I ran home and I Googled, you know, world's most successful people. And what do they do for personal development? And just different phrases I could think of. And I ended up with a list of six practices. It was meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling, or what I call scribing. And I thought, I can't do all of these. Which one's the best? Which one's the most effective? And I, I keep you know, going through these articles I'm reading, and, and none, none stood above the rest. It just depended on who you asked. And I almost threw in the towel because I was overwhelmed. And I thought, well, I can't do all of these. So I don't know which one's the best. Like, ah, it's just hopeless. And then I had an epiphany. I went, wait a minute. What if I woke up 30 to 60 minutes earlier tomorrow, even though I wasn't a morning person, like not even close. But I thought, if I want my life to be different, I got to be willing to do something different first. So what if I woke up 30 to 60 minutes earlier tomorrow and I did all six practices, not just one or two, but I literally did the six most timeless, proven personal development practices in the history of humanity that the world's most successful people had sworn by for centuries. I thought that would be the ultimate personal development ritual. And that night I Googled, how do you meditate? Because I, like, I, I really wasn't hmm. proficient in any of these. How do you do affirmations? How do you visualize, right? And the next morning I wake up and for the first time in six months where I'd been depressed for six months, I was excited. I, I felt like a kid on Christmas morning, like this could be the one thing that changes everything. And I went through all six practices. I was pretty subpar at, at all of, or most of them. But even after that hour, I felt like this is it. If I do this every day and start the day with this much energy and clarity and motivation and, and learning something that I can apply to my life, my business, it's only a matter of time before I turn my life around. And I was thinking, Monica, like maybe one year, 1% better every day, the compound effect, eventually I'll get there. It happened so fast in less than two months in a declining economy, the Great Recession, I more than doubled my income. Um, I went from being in the worst shape of my life physically to committing to run a 52-mile ultra marathon because I hated running. And I thought that would be the ultimate way to become the level 10 version of myself would be to commit to something that was so far outside of what I believed I could do and then just commit and figure out how to do it. And my depression didn't take two months to go away. That started fading after day one because when you feel hopeless and overwhelmed, that's depressing. As soon as you have hope and clarity, that is inspiring. That is empowering. And that very first day when I realized if I do this every day, it's only a matter of time. And I'll, I'll, I'll wrap a bow on the story where I met my wife in the hallway. I can picture the moment she was coming out of the bedroom and I had just signed on two coaching clients that day and I ran to find her and she was coming to the bedroom and I said, sweetheart, this morning routine is like a miracle. And she goes, it's your miracle morning. And I go, I like that. I love Miracle Morning. So I started writing that every day in my schedule. Then I taught it to all my coaching clients. And long story short, most of them resisted. I'm not a morning person. I said, neither was I. You know, here's some tips. Here's how you beat the snooze button. Here's what I did. And 13 out of 14 clients came to the next call and said, oh my gosh, it's transforming my life. And that's when I went, okay, if the Miracle Morning changed my life and I wasn't a morning person, it changed 13 out of 14 of my coaching clients' lives. And this is in the middle of the worst recession of my lifetime, like when we should all be struggling like the majority of society, I thought I have a responsibility to share this miracle morning message with the world. And then I started writing the book and, you know, it took three years and I self-published it. Now it's, you know, 2 million copies and 37 languages and things I never, ever, ever imagined, but it has now become my life's work. 
I have read your book that's now mm. gone on to become an international bestseller. And and your story is why what you have to share has such an impact on me. Mm. Even down to you saying it took three years to write that book. I think it's so easy to just gloss over how long it might take for yeah. someone to get to where they are. And that it even includes your miracle morning. I mean, for you, it was a little bit more, I wouldn't say instantaneous. It clearly took work and I'm yeah. sure you had your ups and downs. But maybe you can level with people who are already thinking this isn't for me, maybe yeah. not even because they're not morning people technically, but more because they're like, I don't have that amount of time. Yeah. Like, I don't even have an hour. Yeah. What would you say to them in terms of, is this even possible? Yeah. So there's a few answers to this question. And the first, let's handle the, I'm not a morning person and I've never been a morning person and I don't want to become a morning person. I was asked in an interview a couple of years ago, they said, actually it was probably five years ago now. They said, Hal, what percentage of these, you know, miracle morning practitioners around the world, which, you know, is around a million to, you know, or more, what percentage of them were already morning people when they read the book? So this was easy transition for them. It was like, oh, okay. Instead of checking the email in the morning, I'll do the six miracle morning practices. Uh, and then they said, and what percentage had never been a morning person? So this was like a, a major shift in their identity and overcoming like a maybe a lifelong limiting belief. I didn't know the answer. So ever since then, we survey the Miracle Morning community consistently. Um, you know, it's hundreds of thousands of people that we have communication with. And it is roughly, on average, 72% of Miracle Morning practitioners uh, who swear by the practice said that they had never in their life been a morning person until they read the book. And I really wrote it with that intention. Every page, every word, I was like, how am I going to get somebody from I'm not a morning person to this is a part of my life now? And that was like, I was every word. It was like, how do I hold people's hand to, to get, that, get to that place? So that's the first thing. Um, so if you're not a morning person, join the club. Neither was I, neither are most miracle morning practitioners. Second thing, I don't have enough time. The, we, we all go to bed at a certain time. We wake up at a certain time, right? And for the majority of us, we could go to bed 15 minutes earlier to wake up 15 minutes earlier. And for most of us, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to assume because everyone has different schedules. I mean, I, a lot of times email people email me, go, I have a newborn, right? How do I do the miracle morning? Or I work the night shift. How to do the miracle morning, right? And there's always, there's solutions. It's very customized, but going to bed 15 minutes earlier, most of us, it's that last 15 minutes of the night or 30 minutes or an hour, or whatever someone is doing before bed. It's usually you know, we're staying up late at night and that's not the most productive use of our time. Because at the end of the day, you're mentally fatigued, you're physically fatigued, right? You're usually not at your best. And so the idea of trading in a little bit of time in the evening for time in the morning that can literally transform your life. And I think it's important to say why, why the miracle morning? It's because how you start your day sets the tone, the context, and the direction for the rest of your day. If you are like most of us and like I used to be and most of us are where you set your alarm for the last possible second, I can get out of bed and not have things fall apart. I, I often joke that I call that a mediocre morning, but but yeah. we're starting the day not proactively, but reactively mm. versus waking up, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes earlier. You know, the average person does a 30 minute miracle morning uh, and then you know, that's about 50 percent. Another 30 percent do a, an hour long miracle morning and the next 20 percent is in, anywhere in between. Or less, but um, but to start your day in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state enables you to show up at your best for those you love, for those you lead, and first and foremost, for yourself. And so the idea of trading in a little time in the evening for that highly productive time in the morning, it's worth giving it a shot. I'm holding the updated and expanded edition of the Miracle Morning, the new book that's coming out. 
And, so exciting. Oh, I'm so excited. This is so common. This is from this woman, three years practicing the Miracle Morning, uh, Jane Bavarova. She says, the Miracle Morning has changed my life completely. I hated mornings. And the word hated is in all capital letters. It was the worst part Relatable. of the day. Yeah. It was the worst part of the day for me. Then my sister told me about this book, and I knew it was my chance to change everything. So I completed the 30-day challenge, and here I am, happy in the mornings, super efficient, positive, and satisfied with nearly all aspects of my life. And I feel like that's a very common you know, email or review on Amazon for the book, right? I was not a morning person. I hated mornings, and now it's the best part of my day. And I always say that if another human being has overcome or accomplished something, I think one of the most important beliefs that we can uphold is, oh, I can do it too. That's evidence of what's possible for me. If another human can do something, that is evidence of what's possible for all of us. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Starting the moment my first child was born, getting her the proper nutrition was a top priority. And that became especially tricky when it was immediately apparent that she had a very sensitive tummy. As a breastfeeding mama, my own diet got whittled down to almost nothing. And we were barely both staying alive. I wish I knew some things then that I know now. It's okay to accept help outside of yourself, especially when it comes to helping your kids thrive. That's why I want to tell you about A2 Platinum Premium Infant Formula, a clean quality ingredients brand that parents around the world have trusted for over 10 years. A2 Platinum is formulated for tiny tummies as they grow and develop. It's nutritionally complete with essential ingredients like DHA, vitamin E, prebiotics, and more. At A2, quality and safety are the number one priorities. They have received the Clean Labels Project's Purity Award and have a flawless track record of zero recalls. I have some sisters with babies right now, and one has been searching for a formula her baby would not only tolerate better because she's proven to be a picky eater, but that would also help her sensitive digestive issues. My sister was so happy to report that not only was this the first formula her daughter accepted right away and it digested well, my sister loved that it is, quote, not as flowery and mushy as other formulas, unquote. Join the parents around the world that choose A2 Platinum for their little ones. Pick up A2 Platinum Infant Formula at your local Meyer or Wegmans stores, or have it delivered directly to your door by visiting a2platinum.com progress. Right now, when you order online with my special URL, you'll get 25% off your first purchase. This is an amazing deal, so don't wait to get 25% off your first order. Go now to the letter A, the number two, platinum.com slash progress. That's a2platinum.com slash progress. If you love the episodes where I let my hair down a little bit, like the messy middles, or when I've had my husband Brad on or my podcast manager Taylor, then you will love my new private premium podcast, More Personal. In it, I lean into the more personal side of personal development, all ad-free. Supporters at the bestie and ride-or-die levels get access to more personal and so much more, including the knowledge that they are supporting my work here and the future of About Progress. You can learn more and sign up at aboutprogress.com support. I think especially when you know you do have permission to customize what your miracle morning can look like, yeah. You know, a lot of times us as recovering perfectionists, we often think like, just tell me how to do something and I'll do it. Like, give me mm -hmm. the prescription. Yeah. But the prescription doesn't line up with our reality. 
Yeah. And so it's almost like we've twisted it around. We've started with a prescribed ideal instead of our own ideal, one that's customized to our lives. So with that in mind, I would love for you to just give some suggestions on how listeners can come up with their own miracle morning and what kind of elements you would suggest that entails if it's right for them and not even if it's right. I mean, because sometimes yeah. it's like, take a leap here and try this one. Yeah. But let's start with the whole yeah. customizable piece. So. Um, so to give a little bit of a framework for everyone to follow along and make this easier to grasp in your mind as you're listening, um, the six practices that make up the Miracle Morning are now organized into an acronym that is the the Life Savers. The acronym is Savers, S-A-V-E-R-S. Mm-hmm. Um, and a quick context, I was writing the book one day, and again, I can picture this moment as well. My, my wife is my muse. I'm, I'm very clear on that. She gives me all the like ideas or so she's sweet. the spark. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, I was writing the book and I was frustrated and I just was walking out of the bedroom to go to the kitchen and get a drink of water. And she sees me and she goes, what's wrong? You look, you know, you look frazzled. And I said, there's, I have these six practices, but I didn't invent any of them. None of them are, I mean, they're not new. These have been around for thousands of years. I'm like, and I, I need some way to like connect them. So there's some sort of cohesion. Robert Kiyosaki has the cash flow quadrant and Stephen Covey's got the seven habits. I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how to get these, you know, tied together. She goes, why don't you get a thesaurus and see if you can find synonyms for any of the words and then organize them into an acronym. And so meditation became silence. Mm-hmm. Affirmations remain the same. V for visualization, E for exercise, R for reading. So that all stayed the same. And then journaling became scribing. It's a fancy word for writing, right? Mm-hmm. So those are the six practices of the miracle mornings. So you S A V E R S. So, in terms of to, to answer your question, how to customize this, um, I usually recommend when somebody starts their miracle morning, just wake up ten minutes earlier and do one of the savers. That way, it doesn't feel overwhelming. It doesn't feel like it's all or nothing, and you're going to get a taste of oh wow, that feels really good to start my day with purpose and intention and a little personal development. Um, and many people listening probably already do this. So you might just take it to the next level where you're like, you're at it, you do two. But for for many people, um, they just do the R in savers, which is for reading, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, pretty easy. You wake up 10 minutes earlier, right? Rub your eyes, go into the other room so you don't fall back asleep on the bed. And yeah. then and then you start reading. And then when, you know, in a few days, you'll get to the chapter on affirmations. And and now you're starting to develop a little bit of a habit. All right, I'm getting up 10 minutes earlier than I have to be up. I'm I'm, I'm doing some personal development. I'm reading, right? Then you get to the chapter on affirmations and you fold that into your next miracle morning. So the next day you do reading and affirmations, right? You could either do five minutes each or you can make it a little longer. Um, and now you're, wow, this is empowering. Um, and then the next day, you know, you get to the chapter on visualization and you add that in. And so you build your miracle morning gradually over time. Now, there's a chapter in the miracle morning book called the six minute miracle morning. And this is not like some gimmicky thing. It was literally something where, uh, I was uh, one morning I had to, I, I had like 15 minutes before I had to leave. And I liked doing a one hour miracle morning. I was all in. And, um, and so this is probably a few months into my miracle morning. And I have the same all or nothing mentality. Most of us do, right? It's human nature. You're like, eh, I can't do the full hour. So I'm just not going to do it. And then I just had this like voice in my head. It was like, well, why, why make it all or nothing? Why don't you just go do a 10 minute miracle morning? And so then I was like, well, I'll do like roughly six minutes. I'll just do one minute for each of the savers. And I set my timer on my, so I set everything out. I took four minutes basically of those 10 minutes setting everything out. I had my affirmation set out. I had my book set out and I set the timer for 60 seconds and I just prayed and I meditated and I was just quiet. And 
just calmed my nervous system and just felt peaceful for a minute. And the timer went off and I, I snoozed and did it again. And I pulled out my affirmations and I read my affirmations that the way I teach affirmations in the book, by the way, it's worth mentioning, are very different than the way that most of us have learned them. Most of us have learned like either lie to yourself. If you want to be wealthy, just tell yourself <laughs> yeah. you're wealthy. I am wealthy. Right. Mm-hmm. But if, if that's not true for you, then you're creating an internal conflict and that can be counterproductive. Mm-hmm. The other way we're taught affirmations is um, like use this passive flowery language that makes you feel better in the moment, but doesn't actually do anything. So there's a very popular affirmation. I am a money magnet. <laughs> money flows mm-hmm. to me effortlessly and in abundance. Right. Like that might make you feel better, but you're just deluding yourself into thinking that everything's magically going to solve itself independent of your effort. So the way I teach affirmations in the book are step one, affirm what you're committed to. Number two, step mm-hmm. two, affirm why it's a must for you. And step three, affirm which specific actions you'll take and when. So now your affirmations are rooted in truth. They are practical. They are actionable. And they are literally designed to direct your thoughts and your behavior to be in alignment with what you need to do to achieve what you want in your life. So back to the six minute miracle morning. Sorry, I'm going fast, but. Um, but you go to your affirmations for one minute. And then I did my visualization for a minute. I did 60 seconds of jumping jacks. I read a page out of the book I was reading. I learned something new. I wrote down, I journaled what I was grateful for. Six minutes go by and I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, that's amazing yeah. how much I just got done in those six minutes and how good I feel. It's almost like it was one-tenth of the time that I was used to, but I got like 80% of the benefit, give or take. Amazing. And I thought there aren't too many things that you could do 10% of the time frame, that, right? And get 80% of the benefit. But I felt calm and clear and so on and so forth. And so, um, but yeah, your miracle morning, there's an entire chapter in the book called Customizing the Miracle Morning to Fit Your Lifestyle. And that's where I give real life examples of, you know, mothers with newborns, of mm-hmm. nurses that work the night shift, of, right? Like all these yeah. different people, all different lifestyles, and how you can customize the savers, you know, to work for you. Thank you for being willing to go there, especially because, you know, a lot of times the prescriptions are exciting and they're easy to talk about because you know what the effect is of those and clearly do millions of people who have benefited from your work. Um, But I love knowing that there's hope if I can only start with one and if I can only start five or 10 minutes um, earlier than I than I typically do. And I want to speak to one more obstacle that mm. a lot of my listeners face. And I'll just share this personally, this quick anecdote. I've been, I actually have, well, I guess he's not a newborn anymore. I have five kids, but I've got an eight month old. Okay. And it was five years after our last child. So this has been a huge adjustment for me. Wow, and I've been yeah. gradually working back to waking up earlier. And I was so proud of myself because I woke up at 530 today. But mm. then he was up at 630 before, you know, I'd only gotten partway through my workout and it started to make breakfast for the kids. And I was like, dang it. You know, it yeah. kind of feels like not like all is lost, but yeah. there's just this frustration that is pretty unique when you kind of can't predict the interruptions you're going to have. So any tips you have for our listeners in particular who deal with more unpredictable schedules or interruptions that they can't necessarily say, like, go live somewhere else? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I can, I can relate to the frustration. When my kids wake up earlier than I was expecting, I'm like, yeah, I'm not done with my miracle morning. Um, hey, you want to join me, sweetie? It's, it's like anything in life. 
when we focus on that which is out of our control, we feel out of control. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't serve us. And so I think it's, you know, one of the one of the philosophies I live by is accept life before it happens. Meaning mm-hmm. lots of challenges are ahead of us. That's just life. Life includes struggle. Life includes adversity. When I was 20 years old, I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles an hour and I was found dead at the scene. I my heart stopped for 6 minutes. I broke 11 bones uh, and I came out of a coma six days later to be told I would never walk again. Mm-hmm. And, and that was actually when I decided this, I realized, okay, I can't change that I was in a car accident. And if the doctors are right, I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life. I can't change that, but I can choose to be at peace. I can choose mm-hmm. how I feel inside. I can choose. And specifically it was, I'm choosing to be the happiest, most grateful that I have ever been while I endure the most difficult time in my life. Now, I realize that's an extreme example, but six years ago, I was diagnosed with a very rare aggressive form of cancer. And again, this is another extreme example, but I'm tying this all together. And I was given a 20 to 30% chance of living. Now, it was much harder for me to deal with in the car accident because now I had a seven-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son to consider. Hmm. And, but the day that I was diagnosed, I, I, I had already accepted it. it, it was, it's this philosophy of I just practiced accepting life before it happens. So no matter what happened in my life, I've decided I only have two choices. I can either resist reality and wish it were different and cause myself emotional pain, right? Or yeah. I can accept reality exactly as it is. And it doesn't mean I'm happy about it, but I'm at peace with it, which to me is far more powerful because peace is more a state of mind than an emotion, Right. You can be happy one minute and then you get bad news and now you're you're distraught, you're upset, you're angry. But when you just live your life in a state of acceptance where you accept life as it is, you accept life before it happens, then you are in a it's a state of peace with whatever happens or doesn't happen. Um, and so, again, those are extreme examples, but that's just a, it's a, and that should be part of your affirmations. Right. Like I accept life before it happens. No matter what happens, I'm choosing to be at peace with it because. What's a better choice than that, right? Being upset, angry, distraught, or no. And so for me, when, um, when I get interrupted, it's just a matter of I'm at peace with it. I'm going to flow with it. And logistically, I think one of the most, when you have young kids that wake up early, the miracle morning is arguably even more important. I've had that, that, that's kind of the answer where when, when a, you know, a, a parent of a newborn uh, says, how do I do the miracle morning? You know, I barely get enough sleep as it is. I'm up all night, you know, I'm in it, right? Um, the answer, and not from me, the answer from other mothers who, or fathers, but usually mothers who went through having a newborn and doing the miracle morning is they say, do your savers while you have the newborn and the sleep is completely sporadic and, and, and unpredictable, do your savers while uh, your child is napping, while your baby is napping. And, you know, that might mean you only do, you know, you do silence and affirmations during the first nap and then you join the nap yourself. Right. But it's like you just do the best that you can with what you have. And so it goes back to give up being perfect for being authentic. Right. Authentic with this is where I'm at in my life and I can enjoy it or I can be frustrated by it. That is my choice. And I might as well enjoy, you know, the interruption. Right. Embrace. Oh, you came in when I didn't think you were going to. Amazing. Mm-hmm. How blessed I am to have you as my child. Let's, you know, let's make the best of this. I'm so appreciative of you modeling the flexibility that can happen in just a typical day to day, but also the bigger life things. I mean, you keep saying those are extreme examples, but they're also real and mm. they're what you went through. And even if it's different for someone else, maybe a season of heavy depression or another health need or something happening financially in their families, those are going to come too. those more yeah. extreme times. 
And so just being able to want to accept what life can hand to you, but the flexibility even in those bigger moments and day to day to me matters so much. And I would add one thing that has helped me too is all of your savers. I love them each. Um, I have never been able to fully do them all before my family wakes up and that's okay, but I still have them a part of my life. And sometimes you can combine them. Like exercise for me is both my silence, my meditative time and my affirmation time. And if I know I can at least have 10 minutes of moving my body and that with that mindset, it helps everything else, even if that's all I can do. Yeah. So thank you for that. You know how we're going to wrap up our time here because you are such a champ to make time for this podcast. But I want to make sure we know a little bit more about the most updated and expanded version of the Miracle Morning and how it's coming about. And I just wanted to know, how has this little book that could uh, surprised you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, I'm just, I'm smiling when you asked that because I never in- imagined, I shouldn't say I never imagined. I did think, okay, wait a minute. This changes the lives of every person I share it with. So, I mean, this could change the world. This could, I mean, in fact, the, mm-hmm. the mission of the Miracle Morning uh, is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, that that sounds like a very grandiose mission, but th- that came later. It wasn't the original mission. It came later after paying attention that what happens is when we do a miracle morning, we elevate our own consciousness. And the way I define that is we become more aware and intentional about how our thoughts, our words, and our actions impact ourselves and everyone around us. And being more aware and intentional of that is is elevating our consciousness. We're becoming more conscious, more intentional, more aware. And so, um, yeah. So I, uh, I, you know, I, I never, I, I don't think I ever would have bet on like, oh yeah, this is going to reach millions of people, right? Like mm-hmm. I was more the insecure author, like who's going to read this and how am I going to convince <laughs> them to wake up early? You know. Um, so it really is special. And the last thing I'll share on that is um, in 2016. I wrote the Miracle Morning 10-Year Vision. The book had been out for four years at that point, and I wrote the 10-Year Vision, and uh, it was just me dreaming. I think I was at an event, and that was like the assignment, right? And I thought, and I, one of the things I wrote down is within 10 years, every school in America begins, every student begins their day and every teacher with the Miracle Morning in the classroom. And as a result, bullying is being eradicated, and detention numbers are being minimized. Right? So I, 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 I wrote these bullet points of what that would look like. Uh, and then I kind of put it away. And this is, I guess, speaking of manifesting, but uh, somebody on my team a couple of years ago uh, met a principal who had rolled the Miracle Morning out at her school. And she went from being one of the worst in, in their district for detention to one of the best in a matter of months. And she had then shared it with schools in her district. Long story short, now the Miracle Morning is practiced by thousands of students across the country and more and more and more every day. So that's been one of the most beautiful, exciting turn of events. But, um, but yeah, and then also like when I go overseas and I meet people in Korea or New York or uh, France and they're saying how this miracle morning changed their life and then it's not even in like their native tongue. And I'm just, it's just, it's all kind of surreal, but I'm just committed to keep, uh, keep sharing it with as many people as I can. So I'm so grateful, Monica, that you gave me this opportunity to share it with your audience. And I hope that, I hope you all read the book, uh, miraclemorningbook.com and join the community and, and, and may it bless your life. Oh, thank you, Hal. And I would just say, you know, I, I said earlier, part of why I connect so much to your work is because of the realness behind it, but also just how it's not about you. Even mm-hmm. if you share your own personal anecdotes, it's it's not about you. And that's no. actually pretty rare out there, um, especially in the personal development field. 
which is which is weird. You would think people would make it all about the people they're trying to help, but it tends to be the other way around. And that's not you. So I am so appreciative of your work. Um, we'll make sure we link to all things Hal, including your your podcast, your book, anywhere else on social media that you are. We always end with one final question, and it's what is one small way listeners can take action on what they learned today? Mm, I love that. It is set your alarm clock 10 to 15 minutes earlier. And if you want to be ambitious and do like 30 minutes or an hour or something like that, you can. Um, but start small uh, and commit to wake up tomorrow. And, and let me give you an important tip. Keep your alarm clock as far away from you as possible. Yeah. So it's one of the biggest. This is one of the most effective strategies in the Miracle Morning book. I've been told that by really successful people that are like, if it wasn't for moving the alarm clock across the room, I'd still be reaching over to my bedside table and snoozing without even realizing it because I'm half asleep. Um, when you and have it's to usually get... the phone, right? So charge your phone exactly. across the room. Charge yes. your phone. So, so um, for me, it was I keep it on the bathroom sink and then that way with mm -hmm. a glass of water. So I get up, I turn the phone off. It's it's think about that. It is infinitely easier to stay awake when you're already upright and out of bed and you've walked across the room than it is if your arm is reaching over and that's your decision point. And so first thing in the morning, walk across the room, get out of bed, hydrate, drink a glass of water, right? Because we're dehydrated overnight by default because we're not drinking water for six, seven, eight hours. Plus we're perspiring and uh, expelling breath and so on and so forth. So yeah, so set your alarm clock 10 minutes earlier, move it across the room and then do one of the savers. Silence, prayer, meditation affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. Brilliant. Well, Hal, this is definitely going to go down in the books and a personal honor. Thank you for oh, making the time. Thank you, Monica. It's been an honor. And thank you to everybody that listened. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. Now, I'll just share personally, I know that most often Hal is accustomed to talking to people who are ready to go the full all or nothing mode. So I believe this was a bit of a challenge for him to talk more about the doable ways to get up earlier and create a solid morning routine that will help your progress over time feel miraculous. But in this newest book, he's told me there's a lot more of that practical, doable way to implement this. So I hope you check it out. My personal favorite part of the interview is when Hal accidentally described what we know as baselines of his own miracle morning. Let's now share the progress pointers from the episode. This is where I share the notes I took so you don't have to, and those on my newsletter get them in a graphic form each week. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com newsletter. Number one, Jim Rohn said, your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development. Two, Consider adopting these practices that are proven miraculous to personal development. The lifesavers, silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. Number three, start by trading a little time in the evening for a little time in the morning, because how you start your day helps you proactively set the tone and direction for the rest of the day. Number four, you have permission to customize your own miracle morning. Start by waking up just 10 minutes earlier and choosing one of the savers. You can gradually add on other practices to move towards your ideal miracle morning. Baseline versions count. And number five, accepting your reality, including your own limitations, is powerful and peaceful. Give up being perfect for being authentic. Make the best of the limitations life brings because you both expect and accept them. 
Your do something challenge this week is to set your alarm 10 to 15 minutes earlier and to commit to one of the savers. Again, that's silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. This show is listener supported. You can become an official supporter of About Progress by going to aboutprogress.com support and get access to our exclusive benefits only for supporters, including our premium podcast, More Personal. You can support the show for free anytime simply by sharing the podcast. Text this episode to a friend that you want to work on your morning routine alongside. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. Now go and do something with what you learned today. would not only tolerate better because she's proven to be a picky eater, but that would also help her sensitive digestive digestive issues. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.